it is now so you don't think I'm to blame for when we get out of here, all right? Because uh, I'm going to preach till I'm done anyway. Uh, and so we start at 10. You'll still beat the Methodist to the cafeteria. So, um, But uh, this passage deals with the great question, uh, is Jesus really the Christ? Is he really the Messiah? And as I thought about that and, and preparing uh, I was thinking uh, how appropriate that is uh, in our uh, world today. Uh, we know that in 2022 and uh, this world that there are a lot of people uh, who are uh, who deny uh, the uh, the fact of, uh, of Jesus Christ uh, as the Son of God. Now, pretty much every. Uh, Pretty much, I think most every major, there's probably some real crackpots out there, uh, but pretty much every major world religion uh, acknowledges Jesus. Um, I was, uh, as I told you last week, I was in a, uh, a training thing, uh, training event with a former Muslim and we were talking. Um, and again, most every religion uh, has some acknowledgement of Jesus. They acknowledge him as being uh, a prophet. Uh, they acknowledge him as being a good teacher. Uh, they don't pretend he didn't exist. Uh, they just deny, uh, they don't accept the fact that he was uh, the Son of God, that he is uh, truly uh, part of the Trinity. Uh, and so that is uh, a, a real issue uh, in our society today. And I think uh, probably most everybody uh, here online uh, is uh, aware uh, of, that, uh, of that reality. Uh, and then it dumped on me this morning, uh, you know, we tend to, you know, you know how we are, we kind of tend to think we're the only one, you know, we're the only one who's ever been through something, uh, you know, nobody else knows what I'm going through, when, you know, the truth is everybody else is going through it, and we don't know it ourselves. Uh, well, the truth is, uh, this has obviously been a problem all along, because John's going to devote uh, a great deal of effort here uh, in proving in giving the evidence uh, that Jesus Christ uh, truly is the Messiah. That he is uh, the Son of God. So it's not a new issue. Uh, it's not a new problem. John obviously uh, had some here uh, who were questioning uh, the reality uh, of the deity uh, of Jesus. They weren't questioning Jesus. They'd, they'd seen him. Uh, they'd, you know, they'd watched him. Some of them ate the food he passed out. Some of them uh, had been healed or had family who were healed uh, by Jesus Christ. They didn't doubt. Uh, they, they didn't argue that he was a miracle worker, that he did some, uh, some wonderful miracles, that he existed. Some of them knew his mama. Uh, I, you know, it, was a, it was a fact. It was accepted. The problem was uh, they didn't accept uh, that he was actually uh, deity. And so the passage we're going to look at this morning uh, is uh, John's answer to that. Now, uh, the other side of that argument is, uh, or that debate is, uh, this morning in a, uh, in a Baptist church, uh, why in the world do we even need to talk about that? Is there anybody uh, who really, uh, you know, questions whether or not uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Well, I don't know. 
anymore? I just don't know. Uh, I would say if you gather uh, 15 or 20 people together in a room, uh, there's a pretty good chance that at least one of them, uh, just looking at our world, uh, there's probably a fairly good chance that uh, at least one of them probably has some real questions uh, about, uh, about who Jesus is. And so I do think uh, that this passage is still uh, very relevant, uh, even in the church today, uh, if for no other reason, uh, if, if 100% of the people in this room go, you know, Jimmy, we believe he's the Son of God, uh, we can just go ahead and skip to the, to the amen and let's go eat. Uh, you know, uh, the, the other reason we need to look at this and, and be familiar with it is because you're going to go out those doors in an hour or so, and uh, <laughs> you're going to go out those doors in a little bit, and you, know, you probably, if you go out to eat, if you go to the shopping center today, you're probably going to walk past or sit beside of or have a server or somebody cross your path today who does not believe that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. And so let's look at the evidence this morning for why John says we can believe and know that he is genuinely uh, the Messiah. In time, there were a lot of people, uh, even in that day, who uh, believed that Christ was a liar, uh, he was a deceiver, uh, that he was masquerading uh, as something he wasn't, uh, they're, they're, and those opinions uh, have, uh, again, uh, just continued throughout time. Some believe that, that he was a religious fanatic. Uh, there were a lot of ideas. Uh, some just thought he was crazy. Uh, you know, that was, you know, they thought he was a madman. Uh, all you have to do is read the Gospels. You will see uh, that uh, as you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see all those opinions of Jesus uh, come uh, to the surface. Uh, there were some who believed that uh, Christ was just a, uh, a really good Jew, uh, one who just really wanted to see Israel free from Rome, uh, but that he was... Uh, mistaken somewhat. Uh, there was just a lot of uh, uh, opinions, and uh, the people John was writing to had been exposed uh, to all of this. And uh, I think what the people that John were writing to actually uh, is, is a good sample uh, of what, how the, the setting this morning. I'm not sure when we read this that John was actually writing to those who didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I believe that more of his emphasis was uh, to those who were believers, who were followers, and he was giving them ammunition for their gun. Uh, that they could go out and deal uh, with the doubters uh, and face uh, the false teachers uh, of the time. And uh, there are a lot, a lot of been written about this. This is a very uh, uh, well thought out, well studied uh, passage of Scripture. Many people uh, who approach this and write uh, about this, teach about this passage, uh, approach it almost like a courtroom. Uh, that uh, John is the, uh, the attorney, 
and uh, he is calling witnesses to the stand uh, to give their testimony as to why Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, in fact, uh, you may not see it as clearly depending uh, on which translation uh, of uh, the Bible you are, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that you are carrying, uh, but the word testify or testimony uh, shows up eight times uh, in this passage, depending on uh, which translation you're carrying. Uh, it may something like say something like bear witness, bear record, uh, something to that effect. Uh, but all of those words come back, uh, and in today's English, the way we would say it, uh, would be testifying. So John is giving uh, the evidence as if it was in uh, a courtroom. Uh, and uh, I want us this morning just to, uh, to walk through uh, that evidence real quickly uh, and, uh, and see how, what it is. John's going to give us uh, several things here uh, that he says here is the indisputable uh, evidence that Jesus Christ is uh, the Son of God, and He is genuinely deity. Look in verse uh, 6, if you will. Uh, he says, This is He that came by water and blood. Now that phrase, water and blood, uh, is, is one that you see show up uh, ever so often uh, in the New Testament. We're going to talk about uh, that phrase for just a moment. This is the saying uh, that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is true. Uh, at the same time this morning, I'm going to tell you all the things uh, that some believe that uh, that water refers to here. I'm just going to jump uh, straight into what uh, the general agreement is and understanding uh, that fully fits uh, the entire uh, text here uh, that fits in the entire verse. That the water that John is talking about, that this Jesus came to you by water, it is referring uh, back to the baptism uh, of, of Jesus Christ. That uh, when he was baptized, Baptized, and uh, if you remember the story, uh, if you go back uh, in the book of Matthew, uh, you'll see that uh, it says there that uh, when uh, Jesus came and he went into the water and uh, and John baptized uh, Jesus there in the Jordan, uh, that the Bible tells us that there was a uh, voice from heaven that said, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." And so John points back to that day, uh, and he says the evidence is clear on the day of his baptism, the day uh, that the water came into play, the voice from heaven uh, said, this is my son. Uh, and he says, there is your evidence that this man is genuinely uh, the Son of God. The baptism uh, of Jesus Christ is a great witness to the deity, uh, the Messiahship uh, of Jesus Christ. It launched uh, his earthly ministry. From that point, uh, he went out and began uh, to do the miracles and uh, the teachings that, uh, that we are uh, familiar with. And uh, two important things we see happen uh, at the baptism of Jesus Christ. One is uh, that the Spirit of God 
came down uh, onto Jesus in the form of a dove. You remember the story? Uh, that uh, the Spirit of God came down uh, on that. And John the Baptist, again, was, you remember, he was called the forerunner uh, of the Messiah. And so in order to point to the Messiah, John had to know, think about this, this is just uh, basic logic 101. If John's going to be the forerunner and point to the Messiah, then he has to know who the Messiah is. How else do you point to it? How else do you forerun if you don't know who the Messiah is in the first place? And so uh, he had to know that. And so God gave, uh, told John that uh, he would give him a sign uh, of the Messiah, the sign uh, of, a, of a dove, that the Spirit would come on him. Uh, back in the Gospel of John, Bible says there in chapter 1, it says in John Bear Records saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it behold and it abode upon him and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost and I saw, and John says, John the Baptist says, and I bear record that this is the Son of God. And so the, God, the epistle writer, the letter writer John, uh, the apostle John says here, the waters of baptism show us. Uh, and notice how in that passage in John, how emphatic, uh, too many, too many uh, fellows named John in this story. Uh, notice how John the Baptist here, notice how emphatic he is. He says, I say and bear record that this is the Son of God. He doesn't say he looked like him. I thought it was him. It could have been him. He says, I bear record. Again, you can hear a statement like that. Again, I, I said earlier that this seems to be almost a courtroom setting. You can picture John sitting up on the stand and the lawyer quizzing him and the attorney listening and the jury sitting there. And John, you know, uh, he, the, the lawyer says, do you know who that man was? And he says, I bear record. I swear to you, I put my right hand, I swear to you, that man was the Son of God. He said, I have no doubt. I have no question. You don't believe John. The letter writer John says, not only that, but the voice of God declared, this is my son. This is my son. Matthew called it uh, that God's voice said, this is my son. Just in case, there's very few things, there's not a whole lot of things that if you go through Scripture are talked about in all the Gospels. Matthew says that uh, the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Mark says, there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Luke says the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee am I well pleased. Even when the Gospel writers tell the same story, 
ordinarily they tell it from somewhat of a different perspective and we bring the stories uh, together to get the complete picture but in this case they not only all three tell the same story they tell it almost exactly word for word this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased John says the water of baptism shows us that he is the son of God but not just the water, but he says the water and the blood. What's the blood refer to? Obviously, the blood refers to the work of the cross. The blood refers to the blood that was shed on Calvary. Look what he says in verse 6. When he says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. The blood of Jesus Christ says He is the Son of God. It says that He is genuinely deity. His death on the cross declares Him to be the very Son of God. Jesus was not the first. He was not the last to die a death on the cross. We know, in fact, that the very day he died, two others died with him on that same wooden cross. Their death is almost forgotten. In fact, the only reason we think about the death of either one of these two men is because one of them has had enough sense to turn to Jesus and say, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me today when you come into your kingdom. Listen, otherwise those two men, but one of those men, his death on the cross stands out. His death, it is by his death on the cross that our sins are forgiven. That's how we know that he is deity, that he is the Son of God. That he bore my sins on the cross. There was only one, there had to be a perfect Lamb of God slain for our sins. And there was only one perfect Lamb that could be slain, and that Lamb was the Son of God. Jesus took our sins and died for them, took them off of us, removed us from our sin, and, and, and taken all of our sin and carried it on His back. And by His stripes, we are healed. Listen, John says, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I am free of sin. Ask me how I know. Uh, listen, we, one of the things that we need to do is we need to get better uh, at defending our faith. We need to know these things. I, I said with you last Sunday again, one of the ways that uh, we were told that the Muslims are, are, are converting our young people is by challenging them on the Trinity. And they can't defend the Trinity. They can't defend the basic elements of their faith. We need to be able to defend the fact that we need to be able to do more than say, you ask me how, and I love that song, don't get me wrong, you ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. Well, how does He live within your heart? He lives within my heart because He died on a cross, shed His blood, and cleansed me of my sin. John says the water and the blood. We're able to stand before God free. We're able to stand before God clean because Jesus took our sin. And only the Son of God could do that. Listen, that's the reason He had to come. There was no one else that could die. There was no other group of people that could have stood in. There was nothing else that could have been done but except the very sinless, blameless, perfect Son of God. 
by his blood, by the water and the blood, he says. This is the point. The water, the blood, the baptism, the death, those point and state that Jesus Christ was, is the Son of God. Third thing John brings. John calls more witnesses to the stand. The next witness he calls is in verse 7. And he says, the witness of the Spirit. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. What's John talking about here? John now talks about the witness of the Spirit. He says the baptism, the, the, the evidence of what transpired at the baptism tells us Jesus is genuinely the Son of God. The cross tells us Jesus is the Son of God. The Spirit of God tells us that He is truly the Son of God. The witness of the Spirit. Listen, the Spirit was given to bear witness to Christ. We can trust the Spirit, it says, because the Spirit is true. Can you imagine if this was a courtroom? And they called the Holy Spirit to the stand. And you, you know how you've seen enough Perry Mason to know how that works. They'd call the Holy Spirit to the stand. And they'd say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Can you hear the Holy Spirit now? Look down and look at him like, you must be joking, right? I don't just promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But, sir, I am the truth. I am the truth. I don't just tell it, I am it. I know that's lousy English. I can see Miss Edmiston rolling over in her grave. Yeah. I don't just tell the truth, I embody the truth. And John says the Holy Spirit of God tells us that He is the Son of God. Listen, I wasn't present at the baptism. Were you? I wasn't present at the crucifixion. Were you? Let me look around. There's a couple of you pushing it. Yeah. I wasn't present at the baptism and the crucifixion. So how do I know that what is written in this book about the baptism and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is true? Well, the number one reason is what John just said. Is because the Holy Spirit of God has moved on me, moved on my heart, and He has convinced me and bore witness. And when I read this and I see what God's Word says, the Holy Spirit speaks to our outer spirit and says, That is the Word of God. I, I'm going to take, give me 15 seconds. I know it's late, but give me 15 seconds. I don't understand these bozos who get up and call themselves preachers and question the very book they preach from. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for all of them in a box. Matter of fact, if you put them in a box, I might give you a nickel. But then we could put the box in the dumpster somewhere. How in the world? You can stand up and preach a book you deny part of. How in the world you can stand up and say, I'm going to heaven, I'm saved, based on the words of a book you question? 
Why don't I question? Hey, there are some things in this book. I'll understand Hey, about it. There's not many of you in this room that in 28 years haven't come to me and said, Jimmy, what's this mean? And I looked at you with my best seminary educated uh, voice, whatever. I looked at you and I don't know. I don't know. But I don't have to know what it means and be able to explain it to know that it's true. I can't explain electricity. But I know if I stick my finger in that slot over there, all of you power is going to come to bear. Or Concord Electric or whoever it is. Listen, he says the Spirit bears witness. The Spirit deals in our heart and speaks to us. We weren't present for those things. In fact, think about this, the only person who is actively, who is, who is still active and present on this earth, who was present at both the baptism, the crucifixion, the birth, the miracles, everything else, is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, His Word is what we take. Romans says to us in the book of Romans chapter 8, He says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's how we know. Because the Spirit bears witness. That's our inner confidence. If you're sitting here this morning looking at me, if you're online and you're going, Jimmy, I don't know what you're talking about, then we need to talk. I'm being very honest. I'm not trying to be funny. We need to talk. If the Holy Spirit of God the Bible tells us that when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. And if the Holy Spirit dwelling in you is not confirming to you and bearing witness to you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then to be very blunt, and, and, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but uh, I need to tell you the truth, to be very honest with you, if that's not happening in your life, then you need to back up and ask yourself and pray very hard and discover, do I really know Christ personally myself? Because the Holy Spirit bears witness. What does that mean? Let's talk about it. Let me, let me go down that road just a minute. I, I, I've already, it's already late, so I can't make it much worse. What is that? The easiest way to put that is to say that a Christian feels at home with God's people because the Spirit dwells in him and them. You know, and this may be a real poor analogy, but to, to take that uh, and, and try to make that a little clearer. You know how when you're at your house and it's just you and yours and you might 
sit around your house with you and yours in various states of dress. I clean that up as good as I could. How you might walk around your house barefoot, maybe no shirt on, maybe your hair all jacked up, because you ain't washed it today, because you at your house with your people, and they look and dress pretty much like you do. The whole lot of you look like a train wreck. You're just comfortable at your house with your people, right? You know what I'm talking about? There's a couple of ladies in here looking at me like, no, I always get up and do my hair and I put on my makeup and all that stuff. Well, Willie Bully for you, me and know what I'm talking about. I think. Kenny gets up every morning and does his hair. You know what I'm talking about? When you're at home with your people. Just a different feeling than when you're out amongst strangers. When you're among God's people, and you are one of God's people, you just feel like, I'm, I'm with my people. I'm with my people. The Spirit bears witness. The Spirit bears witness to us that the Son of God is genuinely deity, that He is the child of God. The water, the blood, the cross, the Spirit all bear witness and tell us. The Holy Spirit says to us these things are genuine. John calls another witness. Look in the next verse, verse 9. We receive the witness of men. The witness of God is great. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. The next piece of evidence, John says, is you have the word of the Father. Right here. He says, you have the word of the Father. God himself says, this is my son. We've already talked about this. At the day of the baptism, the Father said, this is my beloved son. If we accept the testimony of men, how much more should we accept the testimony of the Father? Father. It's, again, you watch Perry Mason or, or Madlock or some of those shows. This is what you call when the lawyer calls an expert witness. When he calls the Father in. It says, you know, is this your son? Now, thank God he's not like me. Because we go a lot of places and people will look and say, is that your son? I swear. Who? Nope. Never seen him before. Nope. Who better to take word for whose son it is than the father of that son. Who 
better to take the word. If Tyler walks in this room and Clark says, that's my boy. Who are we to argue with him? He says, I'm the father of that boy. How are we going to argue with that? If Tommy walks in this room and Tommy says, that's my boy. Anthony walks in, father walks in, and says, that's my boy. If Eric walks in and, and Don says, that's my boy. Dale walks in, and Dale says, that's my boy. Dawson walks in, and Dale says, that's my boy. Who's that? James walks in, and Archie says, that's my boy. How are we going to argue with that? If the father says, that's my son. John says, the father himself has declared that Jesus Christ is his son. How are we going to dispute that? Listen, the Father's witness concerning His Son. He says, that's my Son. And that statement, here's the, the real kicker to that one, that statement demands a response from everybody in this room. If James walks in this room and Archie says, that's my Son, we have to do one or two things. We either have to say, okay, that's your son, or we have to say, no, he's not. That's our only two options, right? Yes, he is, or no, he's not. When the father says, that's my son, we only have one option. Tommy told me last week to read more Spurgeon. It just so happened I did. Spurgeon said this, Spurgeon said, God is to be believed if all men contradict him. If all men contradict him. Let God be true and every man a liar. Listen, John says to us that God is declaring, that is my son. Spurgeon goes on and he says one word from God should sweep away 10,000 words of man. Listen, the Father says it's His Son. Jesus in John chapter uh, 5 says this. He says, And the Father Himself which sent me hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard His voice uh, at any time nor seen His shape. He says, The Father says, I am His Son. I choose this morning to believe Jesus. The father said, that's my son, and the son said, that's my father. End of argument. End of debate. One last thing I want you to see. John says, with all of that in mind, he says, there's one more thing. Look in verse 10. He says, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. If you're a Bible writer... If you're not, I understand that. Some people are not. But if you are, I would encourage you, underline that statement. Hath the witness in himself. John says, if you don't believe the Father, if you don't believe John the Baptist, if you don't believe what happened at Calvary, if you don't believe any 
of the other evidence. If you don't believe the Holy Spirit who cannot lie, if you don't believe any of those things, he said, trust your heart. He said, your heart, you have the witness in yourself. You know in your heart that he is the Son of God. What a testimony. What else do we need? He says there's one last thing. Look in verse 11. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. How did he give us eternal life? I know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because I have eternal life. Here's what you need to understand and think about. If you give it a moment's thought, you'll realize it. A lot of people think about and talk about eternal life as something out there. Something they're looking forward to. Something they hope to get to one day. Let me tell you something. If you're a child of God, you know Christ is your Savior, you already have eternal life living in you. You already have eternal life. You know why there's some people around here walk around with that goofy grin on their face? It's not because they're rich. It's not because, you know, they've lost their marbles. It's because down deep in their soul, they know that if the day is their last day on this earth, they will spend the rest of eternity with Jesus Christ in a place He has prepared for them. That's not something they think they've got, not something they hope they get. That's something a child of God has got living in his heart. That's why we don't have to fear the future. That's why we don't have to get upset when the news comes on. That's why we don't have to worry about who's dropping a missile on who, who's got guns pointed at who, is because we already know that Jesus Christ dwells in us and that we have eternal life living in us. That's how I know He's the Son of God. That's how I know He is the Son of God. The testimony of His witness, what He has done in our life what he has done in our heart. Listen, John's closing argument is, John says, let me tell you something, I was there. I was the first to see the empty tomb. I saw him after the resurrection. I saw him on the cross. I saw the empty tomb. I saw him after the resurrection. I know, I know he is the Son of God. When Sir James Simpson was asked, James Simpson, if you don't know, was the discoverer of chloroform. When he was asked on his deathbed, he said, his friends gathered around him, and one of them said to him, said, Sir, what are your speculations? Simpson opened his eyes and he looked at him and he said, Speculations? I have no speculations. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep me, keep that which I have commended unto him against that day. 
Listen, this morning, there are some of you in this room who Satan likes to punch you around every now and then. He calls you to doubt your salvation. He calls you to doubt God, to question God. John says, don't do that. Here's the evidence. He is the Son of God. Come to seek and to save that which is lost. Some of you this morning need to accept what he's done. You've heard the testimony. You've heard the witnesses. Now you have one or two two options with that with that evidence. You can accept it as true that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to die on a cross for your sins so that you might have eternal life, or you can choose to walk out those double doors lost and separated from God. It's up to you. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. There are believers in this room, genuine, true believers, who need to come kneel at this altar and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for the evidence. I want to thank you for the proof that says my Savior, my Jesus, is genuinely your Son. And I can count on it. I can be like Sir Simpson. I have no speculations on my deathbed. I know that he is able to keep that which I have commended him. Would you come and just say, Lord, I want to thank you. More importantly, you're here today and you don't know him as your Savior. You've heard the evidence. He is genuinely the Son of God. Come to this earth to die for your sins. You need to come and ask him in your heart. Maybe you're here this morning. I don't do this often, but just maybe there's someone here today who is a child of God. You've been saved, but you've never been baptized. And you want to come and admit yourself for baptism. You need to follow Christ in that matter. Be obedient to Him. Doesn't mean you're saved and you're unsaved. You can baptize ten times and not be saved. But you are saved, you need to follow Him and, and be obedient. Going to be a part of this church, a member of this church, whatever God's laying on your heart today. If you believe the evidence, it's your son. Father, we thank you today for allowing us to come into this place. God, we thank you for the evidence that you have given us. And who your son really is. Who Jesus really is. God, I pray today that we keep that talk for Christians here who need encouragement, who need to be bold, who need to be strengthened in their faith. God, there's someone here today, someone watching online that doesn't know you personally, and they need to come to know Christ. God, I pray that you'll stir their heart. We'll give you glory for what you do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand together.
thank you for your patience this morning. And um, as we leave here, remind you uh, again, tomorrow evening uh, from 6 to 8, we'll be doing our comfort treat. Uh, love to have you be part of that. Um, and um, I think we will um, uh, try to give you just a few minutes early so you can get part before people feel like to drive through people um, and get uh, set up. Uh, I've also, if everything goes correctly, uh, I've got uh, the association's party wagon uh, going to be here. It's got the big bounce house on it and everything. So um, hopefully, uh, even if you don't, even if you can't do, uh, if you can be part of it, you want to come and sit and keep the kids from body slamming each other right out of the bounce house, that'd be good. Um, and uh, just, just want to come and walk around with people. Um, and um, I said uh, we can uh, certainly uh, use that uh, as well. All right. Uh, remind you, uh, Operation Christmas Child Box is about two weeks away uh, from collection. So we uh, need some boxes, and so we've got those. What time tomorrow? Six o'clock. All right. Let's battle for this next morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for allowing us to gather here. Uh, in your house. Um, Lord, I pray that you would uh, go with us as we live. Give us confidence, uh, boldness uh, in your Son. And we'll praise you for all the truth. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Also, as you go out, I don't know where they are, uh, but the financial reports are back there somewhere. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm.